Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to New Hope Diamond Head here at the Kahala Mall campus. Today we're starting a brand new series called Habakkuk, and it's based in the Old Testament book of Habakkuk. You can say Habakkuk, Habakkuk. That's fine, okay? Either way is good. Will you please take out your message notes or your Bibles? We're going to be in Habakkuk chapter 1 today. And uh, the reason why I believe God wants to uh, take us through this book of the Bible during this season is because uh, as a pastor, I've seen so many people that, that are going through very difficult times. And, and it's very important that we have the right uh, understanding of how we deal with those difficult times, with tough times. And the book of Habakkuk is going to teach us how. It's going to show us how, how to endure difficult times. Those times when we question God and when we think that God is not fair. In fact... This is the driving question to the book of Habakkuk. You can write this down. Habakkuk's driving question is this. Why doesn't God seem fair? And it's a very strong question. It's one of the biggies, right? How come God is not fair? Maybe you do those kind of observations, observations when you look at the world around you, when you look at the news, even in your own life, when you see suffering and pain and good people are suffering and and you're wondering, God, that doesn't seem fair to me. Why is it that you're not doing something to fix these kinds of problems? Why is it that evil people prosper? And the good people, they go through such a hard time sometimes. How come, how come is it that that jerk in the office gets the promotion and I didn't? How come is it that I pray and I pray and I pray and you don't answer my prayers? How come is that person then abuses his body, gets to live until 102, and how come that mom at 38 dies of cancer? I don't get it. I don't get it. How can that be fair? How can that be fair when people suffer and good people suffer? And, and how come that loved one, that person that I love so much, had to go through so much pain? And suffering. And I know God that you are powerful. I know that you can do things. And, and to change the circumstances like this. But you don't do it. I don't get it. I don't understand. Why you seem so unfair. That's what Habakkuk deals with that. And many of us. We probably have asked those kinds of questions. I remember when I first asked that question to God. Over several. Seven years ago. When we. And me and my wife, uh, we were told that our youngest son, David, was diagnosed with autism. And uh, I had dreams about being a dad of boys and doing uh, so many cool things with my boys. And I remember dealing with those disappointing news and what could that mean for my future and for my family. I remember dealing with that disappointment with the Lord. And I remember going vividly before God and saying, God, I don't get it. I don't understand. I left my, my, my comfort, my, my comfortable lifestyle, my family, my friends, my country just to serve you, to go around the world to preach the gospel. I left a great potential career as an architect just to serve you. And I've done things right. I don't get it. I don't deserve this. My wife and I don't deserve this. Why? Why are you doing after all the sacrifices that we have made for you? Why? Why us? I don't get it. You don't seem fair to me. And I can tell you, I went through what I would call today a faith crisis. When you start questioning God. And even that was difficult because I, uh, at that time I used to think, you know what? Christians shouldn't be asking questions that, like that to God. 
Christians shouldn't ask and question God that way. In fact, pastors shouldn't be questioning God that way. And I remember during that time, I was doing my devotions, and I hit the book of Habakkuk. And in this book, you can see that this man, a prophet of God, that was so incredibly in love for the Lord. He, he had a strong faith, hit a faith crisis as well. And, and, and I learned from him that there's ways, there's a way to handle uh, those circumstances in a way that gr- brings glory to God and even for us. So before we get into the book, let me just give you the context of who this man was. The, the year is probably 600 B.C. And Habakkuk was uh, kind of like a worship guy in the temple. He would probably play the guitar or the ukulele. I don't know, but he was a musician in the temple, became a priest, and became a prophet. He would speak on behalf of God to the people. And uh, during this time, 600 B.C., around that time, the people of Israel became highly, highly violent and corrupt. There was, it was a very sad time in the history of Israel. Ungodliness was everywhere. Actually, we can say it looked like our culture today. Ungodliness was rampant. And uh, in this time, Habakkuk looked at the world and says, God, come on. Do you think that this is fair? I thought that you were God, that you can, you know, fix things here, but you're not doing it. What's, what's up with that? And then God answers, says, okay, I'm going to tell you how I'm going to fix this. And then he tells him how. And Habakkuk goes, what? I don't like your solution. It's bad. It's not fair what you're planning to do to fix this problem. I don't get it. That's what goes in the context here. And, and, and what is interesting is I want you to see what the name Habakkuk means. Right there in your notes, write these down. Habakkuk, the Hebrew word, means this. Either two things, to embrace or to wrestle. That word was used for both concepts, to embrace and to wrestle. That's what the name Habakkuk means. And as we study this book, we're going to watch him doing three chapters doing that with the Lord. Embracing God, but wrestling with him. So kind of, kind of, I don't understand, why are you doing this? We can see him doing both, embracing God through very difficult times. Now, let me be very clear about this in this message. Today, we don't have what I would call a sitcom message. You know what a sitcom is, right? Anybody grew up watching sitcoms? Like, what about, like, Family Ties? Anybody grew up watching Family Ties? Let me see your hands. Okay, what about Different Strokes? Different Strokes. Okay, okay, yeah, that's, that's good. Okay, some of you are saying, man, you are old. <laughs> okay, let's try something new. What about friends? Anybody watch friends? There we go. That's some of you. Yeah, that's right. Let me tell you the formula of a sitcom, okay? The, the, the episode starts and there's some tension. There's a problem. And there's a lot of humor in it. Ooh, and then at the end, after 30 minutes and two sets of commercials, then everything is solved. Everything is nearly tied up. And as again, the theme song comes again. I'll be there for you. And everybody's happy. And many, many, many people love sitcom sermons. They love, yeah, there's a tension. A little joke over here. Hispanic acting over there. You know, all those funny things. And then at the end, there's the story. And the song, they oh, that's so good. And then you can leave thinking, oh, everything was so neatly tied up at the end. What a great, what a great, God is good. <laughs> well, I'll be honest with you, this is not a sitcom message. In fact, what I will tell you, this book of Habakkuk resembles real life. What is real life? 
tension, drama, struggles, and lots and lots of unanswered questions. That's what this book is all about. And with that foundation built, now go to their Bibles, Habakkuk chapter 1. First verse is pretty simple. It says, this is the oracle. This is the message that God gave to Habakkuk. In verse 2, this is what it says. Habakkuk goes right there into the face of God and says, How long, O Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen. Violence is everywhere. I cry, but you don't come to save. Must I forever see this evil deed? Why must I watch all this misery? Wherever I look, I see destruction and violence. I am surrounded by people who love to argue and to fight. The law has become paralyzed and there is no justice in the courts. The wicked far outnumber the righteous so that justice has become perverted. He's complaining to God. He doesn't like what he sees. And in today's context, if Habakkuk was here today, 21st century, he will really get into God's face and say, God, I understand this. How come this guy that has three DOI violations gets back in a car drunk, hits a car, and kills a four-year-old, an innocent child? I don't get it. What is fair on that? Or like people that have been in my office, they say, Pastor, we don't understand. How come this girl then jumps from bed to bed to bed to bed, gets pregnant several times, aborts babies each time, and we have done everything right, and we cannot conceive a child? Why? I don't get it. When many of us, we look at the news, we don't understand why there's so much violence in our schools. Why? Innocent people die. As far as I can see, Habakkuk will say, it's not fair. It's not fair. And basically, Habakkuk has three major problems with God, and some of those problems, we have them as well. Number one, write these down. This is the problems that he has. He, he believes that God don't, doesn't care. And that's his problem. Lord, I, I think you don't care. It seems like you don't care. Second thing that he will probably think about God as we read this, this book is, Lord, you aren't doing much when you could. In other words, Lord, I know how amazing you are, how powerful you are. All these problems, you can fix them like this. But you don't. And I don't get it. I don't understand why. And lastly, he will say, Lord, what you're doing doesn't seem fair. What you do doesn't seem fair me. In other words, what Habakkuk is saying, you know what, God, if I was in your shoes, and if I have your power, I will fix this one, I will fix that one, I will be like John, Car like, like Jim Carrey in, 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 in Bruce Almighty. Ooh, just do everything. I will do that. Those are the problems that Habakkuk has with God. And let's be honest. Raise your hand. How many of you at least once, one of these you have said God something or thought about God in that kind of way. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Okay, let's see. A lot of honest people here in church today. Yeah, I know some of you, some of you are even afraid of raising your hand. Because, you know, maybe you're like me. You grew up a Catholic. And when you are a Catholic and you have those kinds of questions, you will get whacked in the head, right? <laughs> and you're like, you can, can, it's, actually, it's actually important we understand this. Is it fair game to kind of have these kinds of questions with God? Can I be a good Christian and really go through these kind of problems with the Lord? And the more I look at the scriptures, let me tell you this. My opinion is 
Yes. It's absolutely fair game. There are times when we can totally bring those questions to God. In fact, it's not only fair game, but there are times where questioning God could become a significant part of your faith journey. A third of the Psalms are questions to God. Why? Why are you doing this? I don't get it. Where are you, God, on this? One third of the Psalms. There's entire books in the Bible, the book of Job, the book of Lamentations, then wrestle with the Lord. In fact, when you go to the New Testament in the Gospels, the climax of the story of Jesus, when He is at the cross, after living a sinless life, after fully obeying the Heavenly Father in every single way, He becomes sin, your sin, my sin, and He goes to the cross where God pours His wrath upon Jesus and God walks away from Jesus and Jesus cries out, Why? Why? Why have you forsaken me? So yes, you can question God. It's fair game. So what do you do? What, what you see with your eyes around you doesn't match what you believe who God is and what God can do in those circumstances. How, you, how do you deal with this? Well, Habakkuk is going to show us how. Some of you don't going to like it. But let's take a look at it. So I'm going to use the screens today to kind of show us how this works. So first uh, image here. This is how our faith journey with God kind of looks like from left to right. Okay? It's going to go like woof like that. Okay? And it starts right here at the beginning. Isn't that wise? It starts at the beginning. I'm so wise. Yes, it starts right there. What is that point? What is that starting point? If some of you are here right now, then are at the start. You probably have gone through life and you realize, man, life on my own terms doesn't work. I have messed up so many times. I've been the king or the queen of my life and it doesn't work. I need to surrender to Christ. He needs to be my king, my Lord, my Savior. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to surrender to him. And you start right there. And you made that choice. And as soon as you made that choice, this is what is going to happen. Boom! You start growing. And you grow and you grow and you grow and you grow. Your friends are going to look at you. Hey, what's wrong with you? You're changing. Say, yes, yes. And you go to church. And, 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 and man, you get in your car and then you turn the radio on. And your favorite song is on your radio. And you get to the mall and there's a wide open space right in front of the church. You go, oh, good Lord, thank you, Father. And you go to church and the sermon speaks to you. It's so good. God is good all the time. And then all these blessings come. And you are enjoying what we call the good times. But then what happens is not soon, not, not, not long after this, this is what is going to happen. Life is going to get a little tricky. Suddenly you get in the car, you turn the radio on, and it's the song that you hate. You spend an hour trying to fight a parking spot and you fight with two or three other people from church. You get to the sermon. You get late. You're already upset and the sermon doesn't match, doesn't, doesn't speak to you anymore. You want, What's wrong with this? And then things get really tough. You lose your jobs. You don't understand why. You get sick or a loved one. It was a very difficult time and he's suffering. 
And then you start to wonder, whoa, 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 what, good times. Where is the God is good all the time kind of God that I know? What is the God that then heals the sick? Where is the God that, that rescues the people in affliction? Where is that God? What I see right now doesn't match to the God that I believe. And that's when you hit what I call a faith crisis. That's when you start wondering. That's when you start asking questions. Why? Why God? Where are you in all this? Now, sadly, this is what most people do in these cases. Two options they, they, they take. One, they go back in denial to the good times through positive thinking garbage. Yeah. They get sick and they go like, oh, God is good all the time. God is going to heal me. I don't need to go to any doctor. I don't need any medicine because God is going to take care of me. Good times in denial. Other people lose their job and they say, no, I'm not going to look for a job because God is going to provide for me. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's my provider. And he's going to do for me. And then they live in denial. And let me tell you this, living in denial is one of the most dangerous places to be because that doesn't allow you to deal with faith, faith crisis the way that you're supposed to. It doesn't work. Sadly, most people go to this other route. Next, you will see them going right at the beginning because they give up on God. They get to that place. Okay, God, you don't seem to care about me. You just, you just don't do what I want you to do. I pray about this. You don't answer prayers. Fine. If that's what you want to do, forget you. And they take a hike and give up on the Lord. And what Habakkuk is going to do is something completely different. He's not going to go to denial. He's not going to give up on God. In fact, as we're talking about giving up in the Lord, maybe some of you are thinking, oh, yeah, I know this person or my loved one or this other person, my friend. And they hit a faith crisis. They, they started with the Lord and something bad happened and they totally give up on the Lord. They totally give up on God. Or maybe you're here right now as you listen. You, you, you were hurt by another Christian. Maybe a pastor disappointed you. Maybe something bad happened. Somebody that you love so much got sick and died. Maybe someone that you love so much is going through a very difficult time. Maybe you're going through something very difficult. And you're saying, God, I've done everything right. How come things are not working my way? And some of you, you're starting to take that walk. You're giving up in the Lord. And you're wavering sometimes. And you walk in wandering land. And what Habakkuk is going to say, you know what? If that's you, if that's you, that's, that's you in your journey with the Lord, what Habakkuk is going to say, there's another option. You don't have to live on denial. You don't have to give up. There's another option. But that option, very tough. And this is what Habakkuk is going to say. You take that dip. You keep going down. You move downwards and you take that dip. I told you this wasn't a sitcom sermon. You see, what happens here is pretty difficult. And what Habakkuk is going to say, this is going to be a very difficult road. Because the truth is, sometimes God is going to take us through that dip, through our spiritual journey. And let me be honest with you, nobody likes that. 
Our human nature doesn't do well accepting and receiving these kind of destinies. We struggle with it. It's tough. It's hard. We might not like it because things do not get better at first. In fact, I will tell you, things might get even worse before they get better. The pain will get even worse before it gets healed. There's going to be more questions. There's going to be more struggles in your faith. I told you. <laughs> this is not a sitcom message. In fact, this, this is, in summary, this is what Habakkuk chapter 1 is all about. I told you Habakkuk has three chapters. Let's take a look at the next slide. There's three chapters in Habakkuk, and the first chapter we can title it The Wandering. It's when you wonder, when you ask, why? Why, God, you're allowing this? How come? Where are you, God? Where are you, Lord? Why are you so unfair on this? And many people are in chapter 1. They're wondering right now. They're asking God questions. And sadly, at the end of chapter 1, many people don't like it and throw the book away and they end up giving up on the Lord. But what Habakkuk is going to say, you can turn the page. In fact, let me just take you back here to the, to the story here in, in Habakkuk chapter 1 in the wandering. Uh, we read the first four verses. Let me just give you the clip now to verses 5 to 12. But pretty much God, Habakkuk is, is going to say, God, I don't get it. There's so much injustice and violence. What are you going to do about it? And God says, Habakkuk, I'm going to tell you how I'm going to fix this. You're not going to like it. You're going to be stunned. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to use the Babylonians. The people that you hate so much. The Babylonians at the time were the Al-Qaeda of the time. Okay? The people that nobody likes. Okay? And he said, you're wicked. I'm going to use the Babylonians, the more wicked people than you. And I'm going to use them. And I'm going to bring them here. They're going to conquer you. And they're going to take everything away from you. That's how I'm going to fix the problem. And Habakkuk goes, what? You're nuts. That doesn't make any sense. That's not fair. They're way worse than us. We're not that bad compared to them. We're better than them. And you're going to bless them, bring them here, conquer us, and, and take everything away from us? And God says, yes. And he goes, that's not fair. And he pushes back on God, and he wrestles with him. That's chapter 1. Ooh, tough. But you see, Habakkuk doesn't live in denial, and he doesn't give up on the Lord. Remember the meaning on his name. He's going to live up to his name. His name is not denial. His name is not quitter. His name is embrace and wrestle. Embrace and wrestle. And I hope this revelation has a very practical application for each one of you. If you are a child of God, your name is not denial. Your name is not quitter. Your name is embrace and wrestle. Embrace God and wrestle with Him. And you can do both. In fact, write these down. This is so, it's, it's a statement that it gives you a lot of freedom. We can simultaneously embrace God. Yes, we can embrace Him. And we can also wrestle with Him. And I don't know about you, but having that kind of permission feels good. And you can go through difficult times and embrace the Lord and wrestle with Him to settle all those kinds of doubts. Watch us in verse 12 
uh, to 14. Watch as Habakkuk has both simultaneous faith statements and doubt statements. All mixed together. He says here, verse 12, O Lord, are you not from everlasting? That's faith. My God, my Holy One, we will not die. That's faith. O Lord, you have appointed them, the Babylonians, the bad guys, to execute judgment on us. That's a doubt. O rock, faith, you have ordained them to punish us. Doubt. Your eyes are too pure to look on evil. That's faith. You cannot tolerate wrong. More faith. Why then you tolerate the treacherous? That's doubt. Why are you silent? Well, the wicked swallow up those more righteous than themselves. Faith and doubt all together. Lord, I believe in you. I don't get it. I'm embracing you, but I'm wrestling with you. And that's okay. That's okay. Nobody's going to come and whack you in the head for going that way. Actually, God invites that kind of relationship with Him. You embrace Him and you wrestle with Him. Right now, this is where so many of you are. You're in the middle of chapter 1. So what do you do in chapter 1? But Habakkuk says, you don't live in denial. You don't give up on God. You don't throw the book because chapter 1 is kind of not good. You turn the page, you embrace, you wrestle with Him, and you hold on tight unto Him because the dip is coming. So you hold on to Him, and you take that dip with Him, and you trust Him. You trust Him. You trust Him. See, in the next slide, you're going to see chapter 1. Yes, it's called the wandering. Chapter 2, you're not going to like this. It's called the waiting. <sighs> and I know about you. You all love to wait, don't you? This is the waiting. Some of you, you're probably in chapter 2. You're waiting, and you're waiting, and you're waiting. And after that, you're waiting some more. For some of you, this has been for months. For some of you, this has been for years. And what Habakkuk is going to tell you in chapter 2, you keep holding on. In fact, next week we're going to camp on chapter 2 because I believe we hear all the time, come on, let's wait on the Lord, let's wait on Him. But we don't know how to do that. And we need to learn from Habakkuk how to wait on the Lord. So stay tuned. Come next week. Bring a friend. We need to learn how to wait on the Lord. Next week we're going to see this. We're going to camp here. And as you wait on the Lord, if you wait on the Lord, if you wait on Him, if you endure and, and, and you hold on to Him tight, if you don't let go of His hand, this is what is going to happen. God is going to come. And no matter what's going on around you, if you don't let go of His hand, if you go through this dip, not letting go of God's hand, I can assure you that at some point, He's going to take you out of that dip. And take you to a better place of intimacy and closeness and security and confidence and trust in God. Something that you have not even dreamed could be possible. He will take you there. If you hold on to Him. And if you go through that dip with Him. See, in the next slide, we're going to see chapter 3. And that's the chapter that is titled Worship. You would get to a place 
when regardless of what's going on around you, regardless of the injustice and the things that don't seem fair, you can honestly praise God and say, Lord, no matter what's going on around my life, I will still honor you, I will still praise you, and I will hold on to you, and I will not let go. Because the Lord lovingly, everybody say lovingly, the Lord lovingly will allow you to go through these dips. Because at the end, there's going to be something done in your life that He couldn't do any other way. In fact, I'll tell you this. The people that I admire in, as Christians, the people that are like the, 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 the foundation in faith, the people that I know that are the closest and the more intimate with God, are people who their life journey looks like this. I haven't met a good, awesome, strong Christian Then every time from the very beginning it was like, oh, God is good all the time. Oh, God is great. It never went like this. It always went one dip, two dips, even four or five dips in a lifetime. But every single time, God did something amazing in them. Because if you go through these dips, I, can, I cannot promise you that the circumstances will change. I cannot promise you that. But what I can promise you is this. God will never let go of your hands. He will never leave you nor forsake you. So hold on to Him. Not denial, not denial, not denial, not giving up on Him, but you endure and hold on to God. In fact, write this down. What, is this, what do we do when we face, face crises? What do we do? We're going to do what Habakkuk did. We're not going to live in denial. We cannot give up on God. We are going to endure. We are going to hold on to Him. We're going to stay close to Him. We're going to embrace Him. And we're not going to let go. And yes, we're going to wrestle with Him. We're going to ask Him questions. God, I don't understand. I don't get it. Show me. But we're not going to let go. We're not just going to ask Him stuff and walk away. We're going to ask and get closer to Him. And we are not letting go until He takes us through the dip. Okay, you take us through this, get ready. We're going to hold on and oh, help me God because we're going to go deep onto this. And you do whatever you need to do in my life. Ooh, I tell you, not a sitcom message. I don't have a story or a song right now to tie everything up so you can go, <gasps> But I'll tell you about this. My wife and I, for seven years, that's what we have done. We hold on to God at the end of chapter one. Rather than throwing out the book, we turn the page. And here we go. And we took that dip with the Lord. And that's where we are. Chapter two. We've been there. We've been, we've been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And it's been more questions. And it's been tears. And it's been disappointments. And there's some victories. And another dip. And once we get to the place of we can worship the Lord. Father, you haven't set our son free from autism yet. But we can worship you sincerely. And suddenly another dip comes. But I tell you this. No matter what. We will not let go of God's hand. We will hold on to him. Even if this thing gets really shaky. We're going to hold on all hands 
all together, we're going to take this dip because we trust, we trust that even though if we don't see the power of God right now in our life, we know who He is and what He can do. He can do. And today we can worship Him saying, Lord, You are good. You are good. Will you say amen to that? Amen. Please bow your heads with me.